We're back again. I'm here with Corey. Hello. <laughs> Did you like your intro song? Yeah. Yeah. Felt very special. <laughs> yeah, real special. Indeed. Um, we're back again. This week's episode is with my husband, once again. Um, but this time you don't have a topic. I'm just going to tell you about some shit. Yep. We're going to talk about it. Um, so, before we get started, the usual. You guys know the drill. Uh, follow us along on social media. Uh, all of the links are in the description. We also have a merch shop. So follow along and purchase on the merch shop. And there's still a link to the Patreon, but again, um, billing will be paused on that, so if you want to go ahead and sign up for when I start back up with bonus episodes, uh, you know, feel free to do so. Um, you won't be charged in the meantime. You can do it for as low as a dollar a month. How cool is that? You can't even get a cup of coffee for that. Nope. Especially not like fancy coffee. No, definitely not. So, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. We've been hanging out today. We watched um, this movie called Love and Mon. That was on. Was that on Prime? Prime? Yeah, Love and Monsters on Amazon Prime. And it was actually pretty cute. But ultimately, we decided that it was like a huge ripoff on Zombieland, but with like mutated animals. Yeah, yeah. All the characters were very similar. Yeah, and like the there were a lot of similar plot points there. I think, and even had like rules. Yeah, rules they to follow. Had like a Woody Harrelson ripoff. He really was. His name was Clyde. Not in real life. I don't know what his name was in real life. I but can't it, remember. But his character was Clyde. But anyway, it was a cute movie anyway. That was pretty good. And then we watched, well, by watched Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, I mean we napped through most of it because we got Jersey Mike's for lunch and then died. Yeah. Sugar crash and then... Mine, I didn't even have bread. I had one of their bowls, so I don't know what happened to me. I'm not sure. Well, this week kind of kicked my ass, so I think yeah. I'm just I'm catching up on some rest ski. It's actually been really nice to have a day where we just kind of relax a little bit, although we've still been semi-productive. I mean, look, we're recording this. Yeah, absolutely. Productive. So anyway, guys, that's the skinny on what's been going on. We're going to go see a house tomorrow, so wish us luck. Although by the time this comes out, actually, no. I think when this comes out, it's 10 days till my birthday. All right. Almost 30. So, very excited. Um, so, yeah, I guess by the time this comes out, we'll know if we got the house or not. So, yeah. fingers crossed. Um, if you don't hear us say in a future episode that we got the house, you can assume we didn't. So, today, what am I going to tell you all about? It's actually a little bit different. It's not a moida, although there's been some moida associated with it. It's not about really anything spookala boogala. It's more in the realm of like mystical magical. I'm telling you about the legend of the Fountain of Ute. <laughs> As they would say in My Cousin Vinny, one of the best movies of all time, and anybody that says otherwise can fight me. So, the Fountain of Utes, it's just kidding, it's youth. Uh, as we know, is this like mythical spring, like pond i feel like sometimes it's been depicted as just like this basin of water thing and basically it's supposed to restore your youth for anybody who drinks in it or if they bathe in it you hang out in it and have like a daiquiri you're gonna become <laughs> young again um it was a hot spring <laughs> yeah exactly 
That'd be cool. Um, I've never been to a hot... Actually, I have been to some hot springs, but I didn't get to, like, hang out in them. We just took, like, a boat through them. There's some in Berkeley Springs. They weren't really hot, but they were, like, 70 Were they steamy? Oh. No. These were, like, legit steamy ones. That, that was when I was in New Zealand. Oh, really okay. cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We took a hookah jet through them, which was, like, a lot of fun. Very fast. Yeah. It yeah. sounds fast. Yeah. So, anyway, right. I digress. So, tales of this, like, fountain, spring, whatever you want to call it, they've actually been around, like, the world for a very, very long time. Thousands of years. Uh, ignore the dogs in the background. Sorry. Uh, and it appeared in the writings of, like, Herodotus during the Alexander Romance period and also in the stories of someone by the name of Prester John. That was during the early Crusades. Um, and then we've also had like similar waters that were featured um, prominently in the people of like the Caribbean region um, during the age of exploration. So like the early 16th century. And they talked about these restorative powers of the water. And in this mythical land that was called Bimini. Which, actually, I've heard of Bimini, and I straight up thought it was a real place, so... Oh, I've never heard of it. Yeah. So, anyway, based on a lot of these legends, there were, like, a whole shitload of explorers and adventurers or whatever who looked for this fountain of youth um, or, like, some other relative remedy for aging because nobody wants to get old. I don't. I want to die before I get, like, too old because it's just, like, I mean, fuck it. I I don't don't want any part of that shit. Yeah, I agree. I think it's overrated. (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, um, and usually these different like agents against aging that they're looking for have to do with some sort of magic waters. And, you know, the waters could have been a river, they could have been a spring, they could have been any, other, any kind of water source. And basically they would reverse the aging process, cure sickness, you know, all this shit if you swallowed it or bathed in it. Which like, I don't know, I think I'd probably just like, if I had the option, I'd probably just wash myself in it. yeah. Just wade in it. Yeah, like, I don't want to be, like, drinking that, because, like, who knows how many other people have, like, stuck their feet in that shit. Yeah, or what bacteria are in it. Peed in it? Yeah. Like a public pool? Yeah, if it makes people eternal, it could make, you know, like, uh, E. coli eternal as well. Right, and then you'll just get, like, a massive case of the shit. Yeah, exactly. So, like, we can't really have that. So, anyway, let's get into some, like, early accounts of this shit. Oh, before I get to that... One of the most prominent ones associated with all this is Ponce de Leon, right? He's the Spanish explorer. This happened in the 16th century. He becomes the first governor of Puerto Rico. Um, and he was supposedly searching for the Fountain of Youth, and he traveled to Florida in 1513. And legend has it that the Native Americans told Ponce de Leon that the Fountain of Youth was in Bimini. Oh, okay. And so that's where all that shit comes from. And we've all heard of this guy. In my mind, he's always been the one most associated with the Fountain of Youth. I actually didn't know that all these other people had, like, writings about it and things like that until I started doing the research for this. Well, I think Cortez was looking for it, too, right? Probably. I think I think just, like, during that whole time period, they are like, hey, everybody, let's go find this shit so we can all be young forever. And it seems like it was, like, predominantly Spanish, though, right? Well, yeah, but then we've got, like, other people in here that are, like, way older than that and uh, very much not Spanish. Okay. All right, so Herodotus, who I think was a Greek dude, Sounds like like ancient Greek. Yeah. Um, he mentions a fountain containing a special kind of water in the land of the Microbians, which gave the Microbians their exceptional longevity. I've never fucking heard of Microbians. I don't know what that's about. And then the, the Ichthyophagid, in their turn, questioned the king concerning the term of life and diet of his people. And we're told that most of them lived to be 120 years old, when some even went beyond that age. 
and they boiled flesh, had for their drink nothing but milk. And when the ichthyophagi showed wonder at the number of the years, he led them to a fountain, wherein when they had washed, they found their flesh all glossy and sleek, as if they had bathed in oil. And a scent came from the spring like that of violets. The water was so weak, they said, that nothing would float in it, neither wood nor any lighter substance, but it all went to the bottom. If the account of this fountain be true, it would be their constant use of the water from it, which makes them so long-lived. I don't, this is like a very obscure reference, but do you remember the Winnie the Pooh episode where there's a bunch of piglets and they're like, it's the land of milk and honey. No. No? Okay, but that was like, I I knew that this like unlocked like a core memory for me. And that's all I could think of because of the milk. And it was just like this magical land and there was like a bunch of piglets around from what I remember. Gosh, one piglet is enough. I know, piglet's such a little bitch. Anyway, then there's a story called the Story of Water of Life, uh, which appears in the Eastern versions of the Alexander Romance, which describes Alexander the Great and his servant crossing the land of darkness to find the restorative spring. First of all, why don't we call things like the land of darkness? <laughs> yeah, what like what? I don't know, but like, why don't we refer to things like that? So anyway. Um, the servant in the story is derived from Middle Eastern legends of Al-Qadir, who was a sage um, who appears in the Quran. Then there are Arabic and Al-Hamiado versions of the Alexander Romance that were very popular in Spain uh, during and after the period of Moorish rule. Uh, and th- that would have been known to the explorers who journeyed to America. So that's probably why we saw this, like, whole like in flood like Ponce de Leon and like yeah. mentioned Cortez. So that's probably like where that stems from. So then those accounts inspire a popular medieval fantasy which is called The Travels of Sir John Mendeville, uh, which also mentions the Fountain of Youth as being located at the foot of a mountain outside Palom, uh, which is modern day Kalam, which is in India. So due to the influence of these tales, the Fountain of Youth was actually popular in courtly Gothic art. Um, appearing, for example, on the ivory casket with scenes of romances and several ivory mirror cases and remained popular through the European Age of Exploration. So hitting up those guys that we talked about. So iconography of it is pretty, like, consistent across the different types of mediums. Um, There's a Cronach painting and mirror case uh, that's called the Fountain of Youth that's from 200 years earlier that demonstrates old people often carried... Um, and they, like, enter in, and then they strip, and they enter a pool of water as large as whatever the the thing is that it's on will allow. And then it shows the people in the pool are, like, young and naked, obviously, because if you go into the pool naked, you're going to still be naked in the pool. Right. Okay? (laughs) Just, you don't magically, like, grow clothes when you go in there and become young. And then then they, like, leave it, and they're, like, fashionably dressed, and they're having, like, a party or a meal. (laughs) So I guess, like... (laughs) <laughs> the legend goes, you're old when you go in, you're naked while you're in there, and then when you get out, you're ready to party. That and that's right. the fountain of youth, yeah. everybody. So there are a lot of like indirect sources for the tale. Um, eternal youth is a gift that's like sought out in myth and legend a lot of times. There's stories of things like the Philosopher's Stone. There's the universal panaceas. And then there's the elixir of life that we like see all throughout tales, like throughout time. It's just kind of like the shit that like people are really into, which... I don't really get it. I wouldn't want to live forever. Because even if it turned me young again, I just feel like, you know, 
Yeah, well, I guess it's really no different than religion or rebirth or anything. It's yeah, just, it's a similar concept, yeah. Yeah, so you don't have to face an inevitable. I don't want to live! So, anyway, <laughs> it's said that, like, extra inspiration for this whole story could have come from the Pool of Bethesda, where a paralytic man was healed in the Gospel of John. Um, and then, like, in a different version, the pool is said to be periodically stirred by an angel, and then the first person steps into the water and is healed of, like, whatever their issues are. Um, which is kind of cool. I guess if you're an angel, you're just hanging out, stirring, stirring pond. this pond yeah. for a while. So then let's talk about this Bimini, which I had, like I said, I had heard of. And I swear to God, I thought it was, like, an island somewhere in the Caribbean because I'm a moron. So according to the legend, the Spanish hear of this Bimini from the Arawaks in Hispaniola, Cuba, and Puerto Rico. Hispaniola, I'm pretty sure, was what they were calling Florida at the time. Okay. So, then Caribbean Islanders describe a mythical land of Bemini or Benini, and then it, you know, it changes into Bimini over time. And it's basically, it's this land of, like, wealth, and then it, it becomes conflated with this, this fountain of youth. So, by the time Ponce de Leon shows up, the land was, like, thought to be located northwest towards the Bahamas, um... And then the natives were actually probably referring to the area occupied by the Maya. Um, but then it also becomes confused with the Boinca or Bayuca, which is mentioned by Juan de Solis, although Solis's navigational data actually placed that near Honduras. Um, and then it was this Boinca that originally held this legendary fountain of youth, rather than Bimini. But then there was this Arawak chief, Sequine, which I could be saying wrong, but anyway, this, this chief is from Cuba, and purportedly was unable to resist the lure of Bimini and its restorative fountain, so he gathers this troop of adventurers, and then they sail north, but they never come back again. Oh. We don't know what the fuck happens, but I can think of probably about a thousand one things that happened. Well, hopefully they found it. Yeah, right. they're just super young somewhere else, or they were, like, died. Yeah. You know, weather, starvation, illness, other, other tribes maybe that they ran into, or people, I don't know. There's, like I said, about a thousand and one explanations. But anyway, they don't come back. And then, found within the saltwater mangrove swamp that covers, like, over three miles of the shoreline of North Bimini is supposedly the Healing Hole, which is a pool that lies at the end of a network of winding tunnels. And then during outgoing tides, the channels pump cool water that has a bunch of minerals into it into the pool. And then because this well was carved out of limestone rock uh, over like ages and ages of time, it's especially high in calcium and magnesium. So the magnesium, which has been shown to improve longevity and, and reproductive health, is present in large quantities in the water around that area. So it's not known whether any legend about healing waters was widespread among indigenous peoples of the Caribbean, um, but Italian-born chronicler Peter Martyr attached this story drawn from ancient and medieval European sources to his account of his 1514 voyage of Juan Diaz de Solis in a letter to the Pope um, in 1516. Although he didn't think that the stories were real and that like dismayed a lot of people who did believe in this shit. So they're like, all right, whatever. So now let's talk about Ponce. Ponce de Leon, you know, again, kind of the guy who's like synonymous with this in my mind. So here we have the 16th century. We've made it. We're here. We're, we're in the 16th century. So um, 
this story of the Fountain Youth becomes attached to the biography of this conquistador, Juan Ponce de Leon. Um, his royal charter, like, Ponce de Leon was charged with discovering this land of Bimini. Like, I guess, I guess the king or queen was like, go find this shit. Like, that's what they were doing at the time, right? They were like, here, take a bunch of money and go find everything and then claim it as ours because that's yep. what we're going to do. Yeah, explore the unknown. Explore the unknown and, and make it ours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... Anyway, <clears throat> he takes off, right? And although indigenous peoples were probably describing the land of the Maya in the Yucatan, like in Yucatan Peninsula region and everything, um, the name and legends about Boinka's Fountain of Youth probably became like associated with the Bahamas and intertwined. You know, it's just like an interesting study, this whole thing on like oral history and how things over time morph and locations yeah. change and everybody puts their own spin on it. And, you know, I'm just, I like that stuff. So anyway... Or becomes associated with the Bahamas region. But Juan Ponce de Leon doesn't mention the fountain in any of his writings throughout the course of his expedition. Leading us to believe, of course, he found nothing. So, yeah. Ponce de Leon and the Fountain of Youth are mentioned in Nathaniel Hawthorne's short story, Dr. Heidegger's Experiment. And then Heidegger situates the famous Fountain of Youth, if I am rightly informed, in the southern part of the Floridian Peninsula, not far from Lake Macaco. Uh, its source is overshadowed by several gigantic magnolias, which, through numberless centuries old, have been kept as fresh as violets by the virtues of this wonderful water. Then, um, there was a connection that was made in Gonzalo Fernandez de Ovedo y Valdez's Historia General y Natural de las Indias of 1513, which I could say that in Spanish, but I haven't said 15... I'm not 13, it's 1535, but I haven't said that in Spanish either in a long time, so I don't really remember how. <laughs> so anyway, he writes that Ponce de Leon was looking for the waters of Bimini to regain his youthfulness. But some researchers have said that this account may have been politically inspired to generate favor of, like, the royal courts and, like, all of these expeditions that they were sending people on and shit. Okay. Meanwhile, there's another account that appears in Francisco Lopez de Gamora's, um, well... Historia General de las Indias of 1551. Uh, and in the memoir of Hernando de Escalante Fontaneda in 1575, he places the restorative waters in Florida and mentions that Leon, or Ponce de Leon, was looking uh, for them in that area. And then his account influences Antonio de Herrera y Tordesillas' unreliable history of the Spanish in the New World. So basically, one guy pulled from another guy pulled from another guy, and they keep placing Ponce de Leon in these different areas, but specifically Florida. Right. Um, this there's a this Fontaneda supposedly spent 17 years as an Indian captive after being uh, shipwrecked in Florida as a boy. So then he writes this memoir, and he talks about these curative waters of a lost river that he called Jordan. Okay. Which is like weird to me, but okay. Um, and he refers to Ponce de Leon looking for it, but then Fontaneda makes it clear that he's skeptical about these stories that he includes. And he says he doubts that de Leon was actually looking for this stream when he came to Florida. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you have doubts about it, why are you including in your shit? I guess to make his memoir more interesting, did people, I don't know, I guess pe people like cared about that yeah. back then, I, I don't know. I think the River Jordan is from the Bible. It is, yeah. yeah. So I guess maybe, uh, maybe that's why, yeah. Why then. Yeah, you're right, good call. So... There's just a bunch of, like, all of these different sources pointing to all these different regions saying that Ponce de Leon did all these different things. But in the end, in his own letters, he never says that he found this thing. Uh, 
but there is a Fountain of Youth archaeological park, and that's in St. Augustine, Florida, uh, which is a tribute to the spot where Ponce de Leon was supposed to have landed, according to, like, promotional literature. But there's no historical or archaeological evidence to support this claim at all. Um, And there were several instances of the property being used as an attraction as early as the 1860s, like a tourist attraction. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, right. Um, But now, in its present form, uh, it was created by Luella Day McConnell in 1904. And she abandoned her practice as a physician in Chicago, went to the Yukon during the Klondike Gold Rush of the 1890s, and then she purchased the park from a man named Henry H. Williams, who was a horticulturist. She pays him in cash and diamonds, saying. And then she became known in St. Augustine as Diamond Lil as a result of paying him that way, (laughs) which I think is really badass and cool. (laughs) It is really cool. Yeah, so. That's how we'll have to get our house. (laughs) Yeah, let's put in our offer for this house. Be like, we'll give you only diamonds for (laughs) it. But then we have to somehow find these diamonds. So, then... Diamond Lil, which is all I'm going to refer to as now, nothing else. That's her name. In 1909, she starts advertising this attraction, right? This park that she's doing. And she charges people admission. And then she sells, like, postcards and water from a well that she dug in 1875. Um, And she later claimed to have discovered on the grounds a large cross made of coquina rock. And asserted that it was placed there by Ponce de Leon himself. Ah, she right. was a brilliant businesswoman. Oh, yeah. Let's be sure. real here. That's what she was. And so she continues to fabricate these stories to like bring in more tourism and like amuse the city's residents and tourists. And then she dies in a car accident in 1927. Oh, so man. that sucks. And one of the Model T's, I guess. I guess. I don't know. But she just, yeah. that's like a, I feel like that's a really crappy end for her. So anyway, then there's this guy, Walter B. Frazier who comes from Georgia, and then he managed her attractions um, and brought he, he bought the property after she died and then makes it into one of the state's most successful tourist attractions from that point on. Right. The first archaeological digs at the Fountain of Youth were performed in 1934 by the Smithsonian Institution, um, and these digs actually revealed a large number of Christianized Temecula burials, um, which eventually pointed to the park as the location of the first Christian mission in the United States. Oh, okay. interesting. So right here in this park that she was running and then this guy, Walter, bought. Well, maybe Um, that uh, cross she found wasn't fake. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, It was called the Mission Nombre de Dios, and it was begun by Franciscan friars in 1587. Uh, Decades since then have seen the unearthing of items which positively identify the park as the location of Pedro Menendez de Alives' 1565 settlement of St. Augustine, which is the oldest continuously inhabited European settlement in North America, and the park currently exhibits native and colonial artifacts <clears throat> to celebrate the St. Augustine, Temecula, and Spanish heritage. Oh, which is very really cool. cool. Yeah. And that's the Fountain of Youth. I don't think it exists. Uh, probably not. I don't think it's this thing that, like, you know, somehow over time we've missed it, and, like, you know, it just it's not... I just don't think it's real to begin with. I think it's, like... Very possible that, like, you know how they mentioned those springs were, like, there were, like, higher levels of certain minerals that were supposed to be very good for you and things like that? I think yeah. something like that could exist. And oh, then they yeah. just, like, spin that off into this crazy tall tale. But I don't think that there is a fountain somewhere or pool or spring or whatever where if you step into it, you're magically going to be young again. Yeah. Well, it could be, like, like you were saying earlier, like, with hot springs and stuff. I mean, yeah. these are people that have probably never bathed and definitely never bathed and 
hot water. So if you get in like a freaking hot tub, you always feel revitalized after that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm just like a big believer in like different natural remedies and things like that. So like if these people and like these indigenous people and then like explorers come across these, something like a hot spring or something like that, and they're like, holy shit, yeah, I feel great, direct quote. Then, yeah, for sure. Then, yeah, I mean, why why wouldn't they call it the fountain? Yeah, I get it. Some magical properties. Yeah, or like, yeah, it makes your skin look really nice and healthy, or your joints don't hurt as much, or, yeah. you know, whatever. I don't know. Whatever the case may be, I think all of that's very possible, and like I said, I think what this is is one gigantic example of, like, oral history and just, like, people changing it and tweaking uh-huh. it, or I heard it's this, or, you know, whatever, over time, and it's become this huge thing. So much so that, like, the royals in Spain or whatever are like, yeah, we'll give you some money, go find this shit, because we want it to be ours. Yeah. And, by the way, let's kick out all the people that were there before us. It's their shit, but we're taking it. Anyway, um, so much so that they felt like it was a real thing, and, I, yeah, I mean, I could get that, but I don't, I don't believe in it. No, it's kind of like El Dorado. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think it's very much along the same vein. Yeah, and I think it was supposed to be in the same areas. Wasn't it supposed to be in Florida? I think, or like South America or something, somewhere in that region, yeah. Um, Yeah, I just feel like there was like a whole lot of like supposed like mystical, magical, cool shit. Yeah. And then you had like the Mayans who had like a lot of really ingenious, cool things going on. And then you had like, you know, I mean, they were like really into like the stars and shit and tracking that. And then you have like this fountain of youth and the Elder. I just feel like there's a lot of like really cool tales that came out of that region. Yeah. I think they had a lot to do with water too. Like the Aztecs had all their floating cities. Yeah. I don't know. Do they really? Yeah. Is that like an actual known thing? Yeah. Oh, like, I think it was, like, all marshlands and stuff, but, you know, to build buildings on that. And well, I could get, like, why they'd be so stuff. into water, right? Yeah. Because, like, it's really important for, like, agriculture. It's really important for life. And, like, if it's an area that's super hot and kind of dry and shit sometimes, like, yeah, of course it would be viewed as a commodity. Although there are also, like, rainforests and shit down there, but, you know yeah. what I mean. I just think it's pretty wild. Yeah, I agree. But I think we can both agree that it's likely not a real thing. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, yeah. but... Yeah, I'd be curious to hear what the Odd Fam has to say. If you guys believe in the Fountain Youth, where do you think it is? Also, why do you believe in it? Just curious. I'm not gonna knock you or anything. I just want to. I just want to know. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> plus, I just love hearing from you guys. And uh, you know, that's that's all I've got for you. So thank you for being on another episode, Pig. Yeah, of course. I appreciate it. Thanks for Cheers hanging out. Yeah. Thanks for having me. But of course. Uh, do you want to say the thing? Yeah. All right. So thank you again, everybody. I'll be back next week with another, uh, like, co-host extraordinaire. (laughs) (laughs) And until next time. Stay strange. You nailed that. Yeah.